0: Okay, hello and welcome back to another episode of Blue Royalty, uh Blue Podcast dedicated to the Chelsea Women's team. And I'm your second host, Abdullah. Abdullah I'm back joined today by the one and only Mia Eriksson as we kind of look into one and a half rounds of matches at the World Cup with kind of kind of interesting results that we've had uh, we've had going on, but uh, yeah, we're here to we're here to break that down and we'll we'll, we'll focus on Australia, Canada, and England, as you've probably heard the other three teams in, in the Netherlands, France, and Germany with Jesse and Yash in the episode earlier. Mia, how are you doing? Thank you for coming back.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, uh, as always. Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm in the middle of my summer vacation. Not even in the middle, just the first week. Uh, so, so I'm
0: awesome. That's, you're so lucky that you get a summer vacation. Just I have to go to work every day. It's, it's it's annoying but anyway you're you're enjoying the world cup i am trying to steal the meeting rooms and the office and put, plug in the tv to watch the women's world cup early in the morning before somebody sees me and says get out and do some work but you know what we live and we learn the commitment to to the world cup is is real um but listen how are you finding the tournament so far what what have you, what are your been your just general initial thoughts
1: yeah i think that's an interesting question uh, because I do think it's it's so many things to say about this. Obviously, because I, I think about it uh, in two perspectives. One perspective is that we can see how much the women's game in total has developed, uh, because we have we haven't seen those big score lines uh, as we did back in two thousand and nineteen uh, in the group stage, and there's are still like. Many more teams in tournament uh, compared to to back then. That's one thing. The other thing is that I think I'm not alone in, you know, when I'm what I'm feeling is that expectations uh, on certain teams and their performances, um, yeah, it hasn't like leveled up yet. I think um, there's a feeling of that. Uh, One or two teams have impressed me, like Germany, their first game against Morocco, uh, because you you could really feel that, okay, Germany is here to compete. Like, they always is, but you know what I mean. And then I'm quite impressed by Japan as well, I must say. Uh, And Brazil, because that was a fun game to watch
0: interesting interesting yeah i i kind of agree with you i think i think for me i think there is definitely another level that or even two levels i think that we can reach because i feel like most of the teams like you said with the exception probably brazil who kind of surprised me with their performance and uh germany like you said i think everybody else has kind of been playing below par i know we've talked about fatigue and injuries and obviously we've unfortunately seen another one big one today we'll get into that later but it's been interesting, and I feel like we're really only going to start seeing some really top-level games, probably maybe from the quarterfinal onwards, just because I think teams right now are just like, let's just get through these group stage games, let's get into the round of 16, win that, and then when it really comes down to it, you know, I think I think they'll step up. I think teams like the US, I think, have definitely have gears to go up. You know, you, I was surprised to an extent of how they've been playing, you know, in maybe past years you would have seen them beat the Netherlands with a bit more of a bigger scoreline I mean they only drew the game um, England haven't looked the best but obviously there have been injuries that you can count for France have really underwhelmed for me I think they've been I mean we're going to find out at the time of recording the game is tomorrow against Brazil is that really be telling in, in how they play but um yeah but I've been I've been impressed with in in isolation I've been impressed with teams like Haiti and Portugal I think teams and obviously Brazil teams like these have really kind of stepped up and really provided for I mean today's game South Africa versus Argentina was a fun 2-2 I mean that was interesting Nigeria Australia 3-2 was fun so probably the teams you wouldn't expect who expected to have um you know maybe played the more exciting brands of football have impressed more than the ones that you would have expected but It is what it is. So today we'll talk about, like I said, Australia, Canada and and England and kind of look at the Chelsea players that were playing and not playing. um, And then kind of just discuss everything that's been happening over there. So let's start with Australia, Mia. So Sam Kerr injury update. Caitlin Ford says that she'll probably play at this World Cup. And from the sounds of things, it looks like Sam Kerr is pushing to play, at least in this last game of the tournament. uh, Sorry, last game of the group stages. Considering it's almost their key gain to get through, she didn't play against Nigeria. How much do you think that it's affecting Australia going forward without, you know, not having Sam Kerr and kind of having to, you know, play these other players there to kind of replicate what Sam gives to Australia? I
1: mean, it's obviously a big loss for Australia uh, in so many ways that we probably can't even talk about all the ways and how many perspectives there is uh, on sam kerr not playing for australia in a world cup that they host but the thing is that you do i i totally understand that people might react when you say uh, stuff like this but i mean i'm swedish i saw what injuries and sickness and you know um Formation changes and uh, starting lineup changes, uh, what it does to a team. Uh, Like from watching Sweden at the Euros last summer, Uh, and this is important. I mean, even though uh, every every twenty three players selected to play in a World Cup, they are the best for their countries, countries and nations, and and they are the best. Uh, That's why why they are there. But I mean, you can see that. Teams are affected when key players, not just key players, but big leaders and profiles uh, aren't on the pitch when they go out to play these games. You you can say whatever you want that, I mean, a coach before a game will never say that, okay, this is going to affect us. Uh, but I mean, obviously it does. It's not just Australia. So it's not like, It's it's just an Australia thing because we're going to talk about another team later on that probably probably will be affected big time from losing one of one of the players. But I mean, and then we have Australia with they they have a number of injuries right now, and I think to be fair uh, and straight on to it also is that it's the replacement for Sam Kerr that are injured and out at the moment as well so australia they are very unlucky at the moment
0: australia have been unlucky i can i can i can i can understand that but at the same time it's been it's been a mixed world cup for them i mean they they had a they had a decent first game um they they won it and and you know everyone's thinking um you know okay fine you know maybe maybe we can maybe they can they can go through and go far i think for a lot of people it was Probably, they were probably one of the dark horses to kind of go through in the tournament. And it kind of after two games, I think we've kind of seen that it's not as easy to be playing, especially in this group where it's so wide open now that, you know, anybody on the last day can kind of go through. I mean, you talked about her, you know, Samka's replacements being injured as well. Mary Fowler, who should have been the one going through in the middle, had a really, I thought was really impressive in that first game. But to have that that injury going into the second one, I think is is a major concern and and if they can get through unscathed and, and 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 kind of win the last game against Canada then i think you know then i think they have a good chance to bring their their big players back and and in 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 uh, Mary Fowler and Sam Kerr and and, and maybe have a better impact in, the, in that in that second round so i'm kind of looking forward to um the game against Canada do you think would you risk her because I mean if we look at what Tony Gustafson is saying he's you know he's at the press conference today said look if she's available we need to come up with a plan together with the staff you know together with Sam to see what's best to maximize the potential minutes that she has which to me sounds like they are looking for every excuse you know to show that they, they they want her to play um I think Sam herself I think they're going to give her a very very late fitness test on the eve of the game to kind of determine whether she can or cannot go. Would you risk Sam Kerr against Canada or would you kind of stick with the 11 that played and that almost beat Nigeria and just kind of say, "Okay, let's save Sam Kerr for the next round," or would you just say, "Look, we just go, we play even if she plays for 20 minutes, but well, we need to get Sam on that pitch."
1: I I think this is a very interesting question. I'm going to say that I actually spoke to a Swedish Swedish journalist that he he does a podcast with the assistant head coach in Australia, uh, Jens Fjellström, who's also Swedish, uh, and he works together with Toni Gustafsson. And then we we talked about the fact is that they it's kind of hard in this way because I think that there's a risk that Australia Australia's communication about Sam Kerr has made it all about Sam Kerr if you know what i mean yeah if because they said that okay we're going to uh, keep her out uh, for two games and then we're going to do another assessment of her uh, instead of saying that okay this is a this is an injury that will keep her out uh, because now there will be expectations after these two games um so i'm not sure I mean, obviously, I don't think they will risk risk it if Sam Kerr is injured. Like, and, and again, you're speaking to Swede and cough injuries, and then we have uh, our captain Caroline Sege, who has injured her coughs, uh, and she has been away for a long, long time. So we don't know the extent of the injury that Sam Kerr has, but obviously, she is really injured because this is a world cup uh, at home soil and Sam Kerr hasn't been able to play yet.
0: Yeah. You know, you're right because Sam Kerr is the kind of player that would get on the pitch, even if she, you know, if, even if it was a small thing, she would have, she would have just got herself on the pitch. It has to be something serious for her to not be able to play even a single minute, which I hope they manage it properly because at the end of the day, it does affect Chelsea season going in. Obviously the first game is in the first week of September. So, um it is something that that i think sam needs to kind of look at but you know ho- hopefully we get to see her whether it's in this in the in the next round whenever she is uh, she is healthy if australia do go through i think we can kind of move on to canada now i think and and to me i think they've been the most i don't know how to put this i want to say intriguing but they've been kind of perplexing for me they're, they're a team with so much potential they're a team that have so many world-class players in a sense who, who who have really played for some top teams and and, and you look at them individually're like this is a solid team. They should be competing with the best, but I can never understand Canada with the way they play. I mean they started off with a nil nil draw with Nigeria to kind of b- begin proceedings right There was no no Jesse Fleming in that game, um, but she started against Ireland. Uh, Ashley Lawrence has played both games as this Kedisha should when we're talking about from a Chelsea perspective. Kind of let's let's quickly touch on Jessie first. I think I think that's probably appropriate. I think she didn't play against Nigeria. Um, their midfield was was okay in, in terms of the way they they moved and press. I think it could have been better in terms of ball control and possession. How much of a miss do you think she was in that Nigeria game versus kind of her impact against Ireland? Do you think that she had a that the the Canadian midfield was better against Ireland with her in the team?
1: I think uh, for me, it's it's kind of interesting how big of a player jessie fleming is for canada like she is i mean she, she is a very important player for them i think we i think we can agree on that um in what way there is because if we compare her to when she plays in, for chelsea she's not that like big even though she's she's good at what she does and everything like that but she, but when she goes on in that canada shirt uh, to lead that team and that midfield she is you you can see what impact she has as a person and as a football player for that team um i mean obviously she talks a lot about herself about um, christine sinclair i think she has a big role model in her and you can see that because in 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 the Ireland game, uh, Sinclair didn't start, but Jesse Fleming did. So I think that's one one of the perspectives you can you can look at Jesse Fle- Fleming in a Canada shirt. Um, I think she had a, she had a, an impact uh, in this game. I think she should be proud uh, of that fact. But I also would like to say that I do think because from everything you just said about Canada and. When you look at the players they have, and you look at the team on paper, I'm going to talk, you know, about that. They have a very impressive uh, defense backline, uh, everything like that. But there are a lot of things going on around Canada uh, at the moment.
0: Yeah, that's that's for sure.
1: Yeah, so I think that's and and. Both on the pitch and off the pitch. I do think that Jesse Fleming is is
0: an important player and person uh for that team. And let's not forget, Jay Fleming was captain in that game as well. She came in, placed Christine Sinclair, wore the armband. I mean, our very own uh it's like it's like, you know, that young kid coming in and picking up the captain's armband. You're like, you, you look at that team, you go, you've got players like Khadisha Buchanan, experienced Champions League winner. Um, Ashley Lawrence, another one. Adriana Leon's played in a few games. Christine Sinclair, obviously, is captain when she's on the pitch. But to, to give the armband to, to someone like J- Jesse Fleming, when you've got these other personalities around, is quite the testament to, I think, her her influence in the dressing room and kind of what the team think and the coaching st- staff think of her. I think that, you know, the game against Ireland, um, when Sophie Schmidt came on at halftime, you know, it, it just felt like... They allow Jessie to kind of play a bit higher up, a bit more free. Uh, she kind of ran through the lines. And I think that's where she's strongest, right? Where she's able to play a little bit more forward, a little bit more freer. She doesn't have too much defensive responsibility. And she can kind of roam through the lines, picking up possession, playing this interchanging play. And Canada, when they do that, I think I think they do unlock a really good player in there. And and, and when you've got um, the likes of Jordan Heidema and Emeline Viennes up front with Leon, I think you, you have someone there who can link the play between those three and and, um, and, and the midfield. Um, so let's quickly talk about defence. You mentioned it there. Khadija Buchanan and Ashley Lawrence, obviously two Chelsea players there now, and, and Ashley Lawrence being the, the, the latest one. We'll, we'll hit. We'll talk about Keisha in a second. I want to t- just talk about Ashley Lawrence very quickly. Playing left-back, obviously we know she's very versatile. She's played at right-back, left-back. She's played on the wing. She's played in midfield for PSG in the past. She's been playing left back for Canada. What have you made of her at left back in general? And do you think, you know, Canada are just kind of shoehorning her in there, just kind of putting her in there because they need a player there? Or do you think that they could do a better job and maybe playing her in a better position that she can uh, thrive more? Do you think she's just one of those players that you put her anywhere and she gives you like a nine out of ten?
1: Well, to me, Ashley Lawrence is one of the most complete fullbacks uh, in this World Cup because... The fact is that most teams, um, the teams that we are talking about able to win this World Cup, they all have problems uh, in defending and with the back lines. Um, So I think it's kind of interesting. Here we have a fullback who is a fullback, who actually is playing a fullback for Canada, but she's playing on the wrong side, if you know what I mean. so I do think that that's, but I do think that she is not. She she can play anywhere. That that's for a fact. I know you and I talked about it a couple of weeks back. That that she is also the kind of fullback that can, that can invert like into yeah, the midfield yeah. because of that, and you can use her either way. But the thing is that there aren't many fullbacks that are equally capable of defending and going forward these days uh Ashley Lawrence is is a complete fullback for me so I do think that okay uh she is that kind of fullback that that can play uh, on whatever side you need her to play um obviously there are many things that will you're going to have to consider uh, putting your starting 11 together because also what player is around a fullback uh, to be able to use her strengths um, the to, to the most uh, abil- abilities that they have. But I think Ashley Lawrence to me is one of the best fullbacks in the world right now. Um, and, I do think that the Canadian head coach, Bev, is pretty happy about the fact that Ashley Lawrence is Canadian. Don't know what you think, but <laughs> that's what I think.
0: Uh, oh, definitely. I think any any coach would have, would have loved to have Ashley Lawrence in, in, in their team just because you know you're going to get quality, whether she's playing at left back, right back, defensive midfield, wherever you need her to play. I've been impressed with Ashley Lawrence. I think I think um, she's had a really good impact from left back. I've I've enjoyed especially against Nigeria in, in the first game. I, I did like her going forward, and, and and what I really particularly enjoyed was that she wasn't predictable and that she was always coming in on her right. She was able to kind of go out on her left, beat player. She was always looking to drive towards defenders, and you know sometimes I, I you know you you can think of Ashley Lawrence, especially when she's been playing for PSG, as this kind of like a fullback that, that does progress forward with the ball and carries the ball really well, but then kind of lays it off probably to a more advanced pl- attacker and kind of de- does the thing there. She's got a dec- decent bit of crossing, but, you know, she she does a lot of the work there. It seems like for Canada, she has a slightly different role where she's got a little bit more responsibility going forward as well and and, and not just through, like, just crossing and providing service that way, but to kind of, like, drive infield, whether it's on the left off the, or the right, and, and kinda of play around the players there because I think on her left side she's got Jordan Heidema who's to me this target target woman sort of role where she's just this big striker playing off the left. And when you've got someone like that who can kinda of lay it off and you can play one twos with her, it, it requires someone to drive forward. And I think they're using Ashley Lawrence as like that one two player with Jordan and and it kind it, it, it helps and you know, I think there could be better synchronization with the overall team, but I think from an individual perspective and kind of what's happening on the left, I, I do think Ashley has done really well. And and I think the, the blonde braids have, have really, you know, shone in this World Cup and and that's really stood out <laughs> for, for for Ashley Lawrence. Uh, caught me by surprise when I first saw it. I won't lie. Um, kind of brings us on to the other defender uh, in the back line in Not Buchanan, not, has, not had as good of a fortune as as Ashley Lawrence hasn't played as well. It's kind of looked rusty at times playing it you know, playing in in these games. And, you know, especially against Nigeria, I felt like she struggled to deal with the quick, quicker balls and 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 you know, passes in behind. And even against Ireland, there were moments where she was dispossessed too fast. I feel like she's lingering on the ball maybe a little bit too much. I think there's a little bit of loss of confidence and loss of form over there. Do you think this is now a long-term concern for her game? Because we've kind of seen her do this probably throughout the Chelsea season and we could have kind of put it off saying adapting to a new league coming into a new team but it's it's kind of lingered on into the World Cup for the national team which she's been playing with for years I mean it's like ever since you know when she was at Lyon she was playing fantastically well whether she was coming off the bench whether she was playing in and out when before Grijan got injured but now it's like every game she plays she almost seems like a little bit of um, a little bit of you know worried about having the ball and not playing her natural game so yeah what what do you think of of, of Khadija so far
1: well I think also we have to consider the fact is also that she has been injured like going into this World Cup Um, she wasn't playing that much for Chelsea before before heading over to down under to represent her, her country so I think that, that's probably one thing. The other thing is that, again, Canada as a team, they struggle um, as a group towards their federation. You don't know how much that affects um, individual players. I'm not going to say that this is the case with Kedisha Buchanan, because like you said, we've seen it a little bit with uh, Chelsea as well over the season. Um I mean, could be many things, um, but but the thing is that not every player, uh, no matter how good they are, uh, can come back from an injury to just deliver a hundred percent. And uh, I mean, I, I I can't even remember now. But did you play a full ninety minutes for Chelsea before going to the World Cup?
0: I think she played one or two games yet yeah, towards the end because I think she, I think she, I think she played a game or two, um, but not. No, I don't think she got as many minutes as she should have gotten in terms of getting match fitness. I don't think. I don't. I don't. I don't think so.
1: No, and and then maybe that's the thing as well. Um, also, but I do think that I think we will see Canada raise the bar against Australia. Obviously, also because uh, it's Kadisha Buchanan potentially
0: versus Sam Kerr. That that is that is interesting. We have the Chelsea <laughs> derby right there. If 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 that does happen, yes. then we have a we have a Chelsea derby right there, which I think would be, I think would be super super interesting and 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 something that. Uh, you know you'd think both play one one off form one injured who gets the better of the other both know each other really well I'd be I'd be I'd be keen to to see how that one goes Right okay cool so we're going to take a quick ad break here I'm going to thank our sponsors for supporting the show and we'll be right back to talk about England Okay Mia so England um it's the team that probably has a lot of uh, a lot of the Chelsea players that that we want to talk about both past and present um I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try and think of a way to. De- I think the best way to describe England would be for me is just mixed fortunes. I think so far they've. They've. They've not impressed entirely for me. I think they. They labored to a one nil win over Haiti in, in their first game, where probably Melchi Demorne was probably the real star, the real breakout player out of everybody there. Just as you know, obviously we're recording today. They play Denmark today, and they had another one nil win, um, but this time scoring from open play. I want to start with the defense because obviously we've got a few players there playing across the field. Um, you know, against against Heidi you had an old Chelsea centre-back pairing with Millie Bright and Jess Carter kind of playing together. Um, and then in the second game, Jess Carter gets dropped and you just have Millie Bright playing up in, uh, in midfield. Um, and I think, just talking about Millie Bright, specifically, I think she's come back from injury. I think she's looked pretty rusty, you know, especially in that first game. Um, I felt like she grew into that game and it was... It was just, I think overall, just good news that she's back. But, you know, still going to take a little bit of time to come back after not playing for three, four months. Uh, I thought in this game today, again, not at her best, had her moments where she was good, but also needed to be bailed out. Especially in the first game, I felt like Jess Carter alongside her was there to kind of, because she's such a good 1v1 defender. I think she bailed Millie out a few times that when she was um, when she was caught out. And it was probably a testament to how fast you were when when she actually got really caught out and smoked a couple of times, but you know, with um with kind of Jess and and, and complimenting Millie Bright just in terms of that return from injury. Um what have you made of the the Chelsea pairing both Millie Bright and Jess Carter maybe individually and do you think maybe Jess Carter should have played uh today against against Denmark and, you know, especially considering in the in the Haiti game Kira Walsh was being man-marked um, and Alex Green was playing at left-back. Do you, do you think it would have been better for them to maybe switch? And and, and so overall, does that show trust in Carter's ability at centre-back? So kind of what do you think of the two defenders and, and, and should have Jess Carter have started today?
1: I think that Jess Carter didn't start today because of the fact that England and Sadina Bichman knew that they were going to have the ball uh, a lot. Uh, against Denmark and then you when you have the ball like that and um, I mean obviously Denmark they were seeking to go on counter attacks um so it was about pace like managing pace today um and Panilla harder against Jess Carter that way would have been would have been interesting to see but I do think that you can understand why Serena, chose not to play Jess Carter uh, with Millie Bright today just because of everything you said before uh, that Millie Bright also is rusty Um, not also but we can say also uh, since we talked about Buchanan before but I don't think Jess Carter is rusty but I'm pretty sure that Wichmann she knows Jess Carter's abilities and she's going to use them when Uh, She sees that they can be very useful. Um, So I think it was the right thing to go with Alex Greenwood today next to Millie Bright because obviously she talked a lot about after the game that you have Rachel Daly at left back with the left foot and then you have Alex Greenwood uh, with the left foot uh, as a centre back Uh, because they were going to have the ball a lot more. And then we have the pace. So I think that's that's what was one of the reasons that we didn't see Carter play next to Billy Bright today.
0: Fair enough. And what did you think of of generally of like Millie Bright's return and kinda how she's been looking for for England? Do you think that she kind of has to play because she's probably their best centre back now? Or do you think there's a there's a there's a universe where you maybe have to you can maybe rest Millie Bright for this third game?
1: I mean I think that's the thing is that I'm very impressed by Emily Bright I mean even though she she has just returned from a long term injury the fact is that she really like you said grew into the game um, against Haiti and you could see obviously you could see the flaws and and the rustiness but you could also see why she is wearing the captain's armband and um, I think from now on uh especially from now on but since they're already through um to the round of 16 i think maybe give her a little rest uh, in the last group stage
0: game because from there
1: you will need millie bright on the pitch fair
0: enough fair enough i can i can i can yeah i can see that i would i would rest, um... I would rest Millie Bright as well for this third game just because uh, of the fact that you you don't want... Because if you are going to go through to the next round and maybe at least get to the quarterfinals, if you're going to play Millie Bright in four, you know, three, four, five intense 90 minutes, especially coming back off, off an injury like that, then there is a worry about maybe redoing that. And it's not a small injury. It was to do with with, with the knee and, and, and the leg. So it's one of those injuries where you have to be very, very careful. But, you know, hopefully she you know she doesn't... Do much over there. I, I felt like I felt like overall. I thought I thought Millie Bright was really good. Like I said, like I said, I think it's a testament to her that we expect more from her. But she was still pretty decent today. Um, I, I thought Harder had her number a couple of times. Obviously, they've played together for years, so I think I thought Harder. Like there was one moment. I think Harder came off the left, showed Millie, uh, Millie Bright on one side, drifted. You know, went on the other side and got a shot away. And I think that was just. I think that was just quality from Panila Harder. But I think that also is just you don't see Millie Bright being turned like that. And it's only because I think, A, the quality of Penilla Harder, but B, because she's played with her for so many years, so she knows exactly what she's good at and what she's not good at. So um, other than that, I think I think um, it's good to see. And I, I would I would kind of pair Greenwood and Bright right now as the best centre-back pairing and switching between Carter and, and at this point it's Daly, I mean, isn't it? Who Who's going to be playing at left-back? So I think depending on the game, I think that's where we're going to see it. Um, Kind of moving further forward, and I want to talk about probably England's best player on the pitch today, Lauren James. She came on at the hour mark, you know, against Haiti and had a really positive influence on that game. Um, She made it less frantic, less stressful for England, was able to release pressure with her technical ability, physicality, which I think England needed, and she played some really good passes. I think a lot of the talk was she needed to start the game against Denmark today, and she did she ends up scoring England's only goal today and that also from open play with a really brilliant you know drive inside and into the top right corner um England's best attacker on the night what did you think? what do you think of her place in this England team right now do you think that this this just means that just uh, so Lauren James has to start every game now
1: i think when you are the first player to score a goal from open play in over i think it's over 7 hours or something uh, then you have to start. Be- because the fact is that uh, right now there are a feeling inside, there, there is a feeling inside of me that says that England hasn't, they don't play as a team um, right now. Um, and they needed Lauren James, uh, individual brilliance and the way she can just make opponents uh, stand and stare uh, and stop playing themselves, uh, then you will need her. I was surprised, though, that she had been brought on uh, and into this st- starting lineup as um, a replacement for Lauren Hemp, uh, because I thought that she was gonna like bench Ella Toon uh but it wasn't like that and it went pretty okay I, I would say uh six minutes into the game and then boom we have a a typical Lauren James goal uh which I I will also say that this is why she will probably become Chelsea's most important player this season. Uh, ahead because there was there was also a lot of i saw some spanish journalist tweet uh when when uh, that column from emma hayes uh, in the telegraph came out like okay lord james need to start and this is why and then the spanish journalist was like okay but two months ago she didn't start against barcelona in the champions league uh, but i do think that this is a mo- this was the moment to- today when Lauren James scored this goal for England. Um that that just said that she's gonna be Chelsea's like star player um this season.
0: Hundred percent, hundred percent. I think I think the impact of Lauren James has been I think has been hugely clear to see. Um I think I think, you know, we watching Chelsea for the last like season, a season and a half, I think have understand what Lauren James brings to her side I think last season we saw what fatigue can do to a player and let's not forget she's still very young it was her first real full season playing uh practically every week as a starting player and, and we could see her fade away and 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 you know when she is tired she isn't as physical and isn't as good but the technical ability is always there and she just looks refreshed I thought she came on I think she played well she started off really positive and she gave something that England didn't have was someone who was able to keep the ball and run with it be physical and be so technically good that she doesn't lose it very easily almost reminds me of a player like a player that would be playing in the Spanish side someone like an Itana running through or an Alexia um, doing that and I thought the goal was well taken now I think for me I, I come to it now you you talked about it just now Lauren Hemp being benched uh was the surprise I think to, to, to both of us and we thought that maybe Alatun would be the one to drop would you I think for me personally, I think Lauren Hemp needs to come back and play for, 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 for England. I think she's, she's still one of their best winger, uh, in my opinion. Um, and I feel like Lauren, uh, sorry, Ella Toon hasn't, she's been okay, but I feel like there's still a lot more from her that can come through. I think she's, she's faded a little bit. Do you think that, with assuming Lauren Hemp comes back in, do you think that Ella Toon is the one to give way? And do you think that Lauren James, is, is she better off the wings or is she better off as a number 10? Because for me, I think playing her as a 10 kind of giving her that freedom for me is probably her best position.
1: Yeah, totally. I would say that uh, also because of the fact that there are two th- also like, if, if you have noticed that Lauren Hemp and Chloe Kelly have the abilities that could could make them switch side during a game if possible. Not every wing, wing pair uh, have those uh, abilities together. And that's one thing. So if you're going to make a full use of them being so flexible with that, and then the fact is that Lauren James is a very unpredictable player uh, in so many ways, um, bad ways for opponents, uh, <laughs> that would... I think that would make uh, England's attacking uh, so scary, like with with these three players. Um, I mean, Ella Toon is obviously good, and she has been good for Manchester United this season. But there are also big shoes to fill for Fran Kirby, uh, and the way England have uh, been playing with Fran Kirby. Uh, in that position so it's going to be very interesting to see uh, where sarina vichman takes them from here
0: that will definitely be interesting obviously serena is not one who really changes her major tournament starting lineups and she did it for the first time today so interesting to see how she takes the rest of the tournament we're going to finish off with something on, on england a little bit and kind of round up the world cup but we'll just come back from just one more ad break okay um just to quickly talk about one ex-Chelsea player that came on, um, Beth England finally got a World Cup appearance, which I think everybody was 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 happy for her for. And I thought England looked a little bit better when she came on. I, I felt like, you know, when Beth England was there, she gave a presence in the middle. Um, and there was one cross from Rachel Daly for me that showed the effectiveness of of England's crossing strategy into the box. If they want to rely on that, then I think you need a player who's going to be in the box and is good at the aerial ability. Um, do you think it's a mistake not to be using Beth England more often or from the start? Um, and kind of what do you, do you think that should she be the one starting out of Alessia Russo going forward in the tournament? Um,
1: I think it's so hard to speak against what Salina Bichman does, uh, if you know what I mean by that. But I, I do think that. But I think this is so hard because last summer, Alessia Russo was that player that came on from the bench to to make a difference as a bench player. Um, would she have those abilities and that affect um, this summer from the way she looks on the pitch right now? I don't know. But what I do know is that Bethany England is that player that can come on and make a difference. But she can also, and she also deserves to start i think she has been showing that um since joining tottenham that that she can lead a line um in a team like tottenham i think that's even more impressive uh, from time to time than than it is uh from a striker in the top teams if that makes yeah. any sense
0: yeah, that I think I think that makes I think that makes sense. I think if she, the fact that she's been able to score goals for Tottenham. I mean, last season she had twelve matches, she scored twelve goals, and like you said, it's impressive in a team that probably doesn't have as good of a service as England does. Even if you are playing with without Fran Kirby, I mean the likes of uh, Georgia Stanway, Ella Toon, Chloe Kelly, Lauren Hemp. I, even you look at the players off the bench, Laura Coombs, and and, and the fullbacks this is a team that has a really good surface for, for for Beth England. And if she can lead the line for a team like Tottenham, who were struggling towards the end of the season and still scored twelve goals, then, you know, I can't even imagine what she can do for uh what she can do for um uh for for England, right? And and, and kind of be that presence in there. I, I do think she she probably deserves to to get a few more minutes than she actually has. I don't think Serena will rock the boat too much. Maybe the playing Rachel Daly up there is probably the next move to bring in just because I think she's kind of proven with her you know, 16, 17 goals in, in the league last year that she's the one to, to kind of play for. But you know what? I think it'll be interesting to see what, what happens in, in this last game and probably in, in the round of 16. So that's kind of a roundup of everyone that we've seen so far. And I think there's quite a big chunk of players that we've... We've kind of yet to see the best of, uh, whether it's through selection, whether it's through injury, whether it's through form or, or, or whatnot. But I think hopefully we're getting into the latter stages will, will give us a better quality football and, and more rhythm in, in a lot of these teams. So to just wrap up, Mia, just very quickly, who's been your standout team and player so far and who are the teams to beat based on the performances you've seen across these one and a half, two match days?
1: Okay, that's three questions in one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, <me> one <laughs> you can give me one word answers. You can give me one word answers.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, obviously, some teams have only play, played one one game. Uh, and I'm probably too biased on being a Europe European, but I'm going to say Germany um, uh, as a team. But my standout player is actually Courtney Vine from Australia. Um, I mean, that pace um, that she just has in her body, uh, that's well worth a watch if you haven't seen it yet. Um, I'm very impressed by her, actually, um, as a player. I think she will get offers uh, after this, this World Cup, no matter how it ends up um, for Australia the team to beat would be easy for me to say germany but i'm i'm basing like what i said about germany from watching them play against morocco but they were kind they are ruthless like in the box and they have many players uh, that can score so yeah the team to beat it's it's too easy to say Germany, but I think I'm gonna have to say Germany at the moment, even though they just played one game. I'm also very impressed by Japan, uh, for obvious reasons. I thought that they played great their first first game, um, scoring a lot of goals uh, that were denied by VAR. Uh, but and it it would be easy to say Spain. And this is going to sound bad, but I don't want Spain to be, to win. I don't know if it's good uh, for that federation and the situation with Jorge Vilda if they win. I'm not sure. Obviously, I want the players uh, to, to win the World Cup. But I think that there is something bittersweet uh, around Spain at the moment. And to be fair, they haven't showed anything yet that we haven't seen before. Um, so I would like to say Sweden, but I can't because they have not uh, looked dangerous yet.
0: So far, so far. <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow morning so might be a different story. Might be a different well, story Well, let's morning. see. Let's see. <laughs> I think very quickly for me, I think, um, my standout theme has probably been, um, I don't know. No one's really stood out for me. I think Japan. I think I, like, I agree with you. I think Japan and their two games have played really, really well, exciting football. And I think the Spain versus Japan game next week. I think it's going to be one of the most exciting group stage games that we're going to see. So for, I'll probably give I'll give Japan that that title so far. For me, uh, de Demorne has probably been my style. I know she's played one in, one game in a bit, but just that one game against England to, to play the way she did, both you know defensively. And, and an attack and kind of causing problems, man marking Kira Walsh and kind of playing that game. I felt I felt like she did really, really well. Uh, you know, I've also been impressed with, um, with, uh, you know, Aitana has been also really good. Like you said, I know it's one of those where we haven't seen anything that they haven't done, but Aitana has just kind of continued being the way she is. So probably those two for me. Um, and kind of the teams have beat so far. <sighs> Kind of agree with you, like the reason I, I i agree with you on Germany is just because of the fact that they have won 6-0, but they've looked the most convincing in their one game, where other teams have even played two games and they don't look as convincing as 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 Germany have. So I think they they'll be impressive and I think they should win three out of three in this in this in this group stage game and kind of go through. But listen, um I think I think we'll wrap it up here. Mia, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you? What are you doing right now? The floor is yours.
1: Right now I'm on summer vacation, <laughs> and but uh, you can find me uh, at uh, Twitter uh, Mia underscore Ericsson. That's the Swedish way of pronouncing it.
0: The only way um, to pronounce. Yeah,
1: the only way, the right way. Uh, right now I'm just enjoying uh, being off, uh, and just en- enjoy. Uh, f- the
0: world cup fantastic you, you you're you enjoying your day off i took the day off and i still had to work so i mean i don't really know what to do anymore so it's it is what it is but listen thanks everybody for listening um jesse and i will be back next week together or individually i don't know we probably even coming back for an episode together so we we will see we'll keep you posted but listen until then chelsea fans keep the blue flag flying high